Hi there, and welcome back to The Pickle Jar. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Now, this episode in The Pickle Jar is inspired by a recent episode that I just did where I compared having a chronic illness to your journey through an education. And I got a lot of really positive feedback about about that comparison. So I thought, why not? Let's do a special episode just on that journey. So um, I'm going to encourage you to listen to the end because at the end, I have four things that I'm going to share with you, four things that kind of shocked me with having adrenal insufficiency in the last 10 years that really affect my low cortisol days, just different scenarios that I know every time I approach them are going to be personally very challenging for me. So I'm going to share those with you and some things that I've learned over the years on how to overcome them. Um, so what is um, the comparison with the, the school? Um, I've named the school AIU, so Adrenal Insufficiency University. So basically, it's a university that none of us asked to enroll in. We didn't sign up for it. And, you know, the tuition fee is the functioning of your adrenal glands. So what I found at the start of my journey with my Addison's disease um, back in 2011 so basically, you know, I was given this diagnosis, I was given um, my medication, I was told to take my tablets twice a day, don't miss your meds, and basically shoved out the door, come back in six months. Um, and kind of like a little pat on the back and like, good luck, and we'll, we'll see you. And uh, with, honestly, no guidance, no information, no resources, absolutely nothing. And this is not every story, but it is a common story that a lot of us um, are confronted with when we're diagnosed. So basically, I was enrolled in this university. I was giving no textbooks. I was giving no, no guidance. There was no professors to talk to. It's kind of like I was put into this big, empty auditorium um, with no students, just nobody. Okay, I was completely alone in this big new world. I was lost in a campus with nothing to help me get around. Um, so now I want you to think about all the different stages. Okay, so basically, we're all on different stages of our journey, right? Some of you listening might be newly diagnosed. Um, some of you might have, you know, been managing your illness actually very well, and have had great luck and had good support systems and are thriving at life with adrenal insufficiency. And then there's some of us who are like hamsters spinning on a wheel. You're running and you're trying and you're so frustrated and you feel like you're going nowhere and you're completely lost because especially depending on where you live, you may not have been able to connect with anybody with this illness to get the support that you need. So I also want you to take a moment and kind of reflect on everything that your body's been through and everything your body goes through on a daily basis. When we're all diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency, I believe my body fought for a very, very, very long time. I have no idea how long my body fought to keep me alive and to make compromises for me. And it used to really frustrate me with my illness when I'd have low days and feel the way that I would feel. It would make me very angry inside. And now I've, I've learned to look at it through a new, a new perspective and be very appreciated of my body because my body fights for me every day and my body fought to keep me alive. And there's a lot of us who are, who have adrenal insufficiency that don't make it through diagnosis. Um, their body fights for so long and they can't get the answers that they need and, and they don't make it to the stage that we're at. So I'm very honored to be here 
and everything that I know my body struggles with every day. Um, I try to look at that with just, just a new found type of gratitude for my body. And it's really kind of changed my, my management of my illness. So I also want to take, have you take a moment and think if you know anybody who's a type one diabetic, because that's something often in the adrenal insufficiency community, we often compare um, the autoimmune diseases with type one diabetes with adrenal insufficiency. So um, if you know anybody who manages their type one diabetes very, very well, I'm sure if you sat down with them and had a very honest conversation with them, they can probably tell you it hasn't been easy. It's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of long nights. I'm sure a lot of tears, a lot of fears, a lot of anxiety, depression, that whole cycle, but they had to fight through it. Um, and it's like, it's a double-edged sword. When you see somebody who manages their illness very well, they look healthy. They look like a healthy person and they kind of make it look easy, right? But it's not easy. They had to learn and they had to go through that. My my sister-in-law has a son with type one diabetes. He was diagnosed very, very young. He's a grown adult now and they managed his illness very well. And I was always very impressed with how she managed. You could tell she became his doctor. And that was one of the big tips my, my family physician gave me early on in my diagnosis was he reminded me that you are the export expert in your illness. You are the doctor. And he's like, and don't you ever forget that. He goes, you live with this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And a good doctor on your team wants to learn from you because we don't see this very often. And they should be asking you questions, asking you for your knowledge and your feedback. And you should be working together as a team. And this is exactly how I saw, you know, my sister-in-law and it's somebody who's very takes excellent care of their type one diabetes, you can tell if you talk to them, they can randle off numbers and insulin units and carbohydrate grams. And, and it's, it's just second nature to them. And it's absolutely incredible. And I can tell you when she went into, um, his, his appointments with his endocrinologist, I'm sure that endocrinologist didn't see her coming in as a mother. She was coming in as a colleague because she knew her stuff. She knew how to manage the illness. She lived with it 24 hours a day. And she had to work hard at it to learn that information. And she was an excellent role model for her son to manage his illness and have optimal quality of life. And that's exactly what we need to do with our adrenal insufficiency. We need to keep searching out sources to find the information. And yes, we have more roadblocks because the information isn't out there. It's harder to find, but we can actually, we can find it. Um, so let's get back to the university, back to the AI university. So in the first few years, like I said, most of us, we get no textbooks. <laughs> we have no professors. We have no support systems. Um, and you need to be cautious if you find, you know, there's a lot of really great groups on Facebook, but we know all Facebook groups are often um, filled with a lot of negativity and a lot of bad energy. So you have to always take things with a grain of salt. And if something's not working for you, if it's not working with your vibe at the time, you know, learn to walk away and find something that does find the people that work for you. So in the first few years, you're going to have a whole, you're going to run through all kinds of different people and you just kind of need to weed them out of the system um, and invite the people into the school that you want into your school. Um, one thing I did very early in my diagnosis is I 
decided one day I was going to hang drywall in my basement. And I actually went and picked up the drywall and carried the sheets into my basement. And the very next day I had an extremely, extremely low day with my Addison's. And I actually had an appointment with my family doctor and I thought, good, he can actually, I always go in and I always feel great. Um, today he gets to see exactly what this illness looks like on a bad day. And I said to him, you know, I guess I'm my worst enemy because I hung drywall and I worked so hard yesterday and I guess I can't do stuff like that anymore. And he looked at me and he said, no, that's exactly what I want you to do. You just need to do it safely. He goes, and every time this illness knocks you down, he goes, I want you to think, I want you to think about what happened and what can you do differently next time, not to get knocked down as hard. And I took, and then he finished with, he goes, I am so proud of you. He goes, I feel like you're one of my own children. He's like, you hang that drywall. He goes, you just do it safely. And he goes, just learn, learn every time it knocks you down. So that's exactly what I do. Every time this illness knocks me down, I look back and I analyze, okay, what exactly happened to me? What can I do? What can I see that was coming at me so that I can adjust my day and make every time it knocks me down, just not as hard. And over the course of the 10 years, those knocks, sometimes those knocks are still hard. I have new situations, but they get better every time. And my quality of life has just slowly improved. It's not going to be perfect overnight. We're not going to graduate as a doctor in the university in the first six months. It's, it's going to take years to become that colleague with your endocrinologist. And that's okay. Cause if you're consistent and persistent, you're going to get there. Um, so yeah, so over the years of your education, you're going to build that knowledge step-by-step. Step. You get knocked down, learn something new. S seek out the information that you need to educate yourself so that you can empower yourself in your own illness. And it's absolutely amazing if you're not there, especially if you're at the start of this journey, what you're going to learn, what you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn amazing things about yourself and empower yourself in ways that you, you didn't realize that were possible. Um, so I encourage you to keep going and to find, find your tribe, find your tribe and you will find quality of life. And that's what I have found with this podcast is I'm just absolutely amazed. Like we have 19 over 19 countries listening right now. And you guys are like coming out of the, the woodwork, this people that want to be empowered in their illness and are ready to take it on and to improve their quality of life and do what it takes to fight back. And that's what this is all about. Um, So, so now, you know, I'm 47, I'm going to be 47 years old next week. And um, sorry, I'm just having a hard time reading my notes. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I said earlier, it's a double edged sword. If you saw me in person, um, I look like a very healthy 47 year old. And that it makes that invisible illness even more invisible. Like the joke sometimes around here is if, if mom's got to go to the ER, she's going to put on you know, the worst pair of pajamas she can find, she's going to take all of her makeup off, mess up her hair and then show up at the ER. So she looks really, really sick, um, as opposed to going in looking like a healthy person, because it's just human nature to judge somebody on the outer shell on how the inside is. So I work really hard. Um, I actually got my fourth vaccine here. Um, in Canada, we have these back buses that were that were at locations. And I saw one one day and I thought, well, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to stop and get it. And um, 
there was regulations on who could get the vaccine at that time. And I didn't meet the age requirement. So I stopped and I went up to the guy and he's like, well, what makes you think you qualify for the fourth vaccine? And I'm like, well, I have an autoimmune disease and I've qualified for all the other ones early. So I'm just assuming I am. And he's like, okay, give me your health card. I'll go check it out. And he came back and I had to show him my pump and my medication and everything. And he came back and he's like, very honestly, and it was, it was kind of, it was an odd touching moment. He kind of looked at me and he goes, don't take personal offense in this, but you're really sick. (laughs) He goes, you are really immune compromised. And he goes, we've agreed that you, you qualify for the fourth vaccine. And he's like, but he goes, wow. He goes, you take really good care of yourself. He goes, cause you look really healthy. And I really appreciated that because he acknowledged the hard work that I put into my illness and it just shows that it has paid off. Um, it has paid off in so many ways. And not only that it's paid off. I'm trying to be a role model for my children. We have, I have a daughter who might is showing signs of ups and downs of adrenal issues. So I want her to work hard at her illness too. And we can all do it. It it is possible. Um, So as I promised, I was going to tell you about four things, four scenarios that I've learned in the last 10 years that, that usually hit me like a ton of bricks every time it happens. And I try, I've gotten better at them, but um, I usually know there's always some type of consequences and some types of low cortisol with, with these situations when I come to them. So um, first of all, it's just working out exercise. So strength training, cardio, it's all, it's for me personally, it's very stressful on my body. And um, I usually have very dramatic lows. So I'm trying some things that I've learned to cope with that over the years is when I do resistance training, I try not to do total body workouts because the, my entire body is in recovery mode. So I try to stick to, you know, just doing a chest workout or a shoulder workout or legs. Um, and I'm, I also really like just doing little things throughout the day. So I try to do some countertop pushups, or I'll do some squats in the middle of the afternoon, just free body squats in my kitchen. Um, and it makes me feel good emotionally because it's getting my body moving. So just little spurts of exercise. So that way I don't want to do too long of a workout so that I don't suffer consequences hours later. I can do a short workout and see what happens and possibly do another shorter workout later on. Um, There's some people that can work out amazingly with Addison's disease and it's absolutely incredible for me personally, that doesn't work yet. Maybe one day it will, but right now it doesn't. So um, I do these little short bursts of workouts and I always need to take a little bit of extra hydrocortisone for my workouts. Um, And then there's Christmas. Christmas for me is always a long drawn out four to six week of (laughs) a lot of lows and a lot of exhaustion with my Addison's disease. And it's just that constant little bit of extra work all the time, extra activity, extra emotion. Um, I really miss my dad at Christmas. There's a lot of, I mean, we, a lot of us go through a lot of emotional things at Christmas and it just, it's very tiring on me with my adrenal insufficiency. So usually I always joke that I need like a Christmas dose. I need to change it for the, you know, four to six weeks, just on a daily basis, just to get through Christmas. So I tend to break things up into stages, Christmas decorating. Yes, I could do it in a day, but I tend to do it over a week and just little spurts to make sure I don't have any issues. And I've learned to say no. I've learned to pick and choose my social activities as hard as it is. I know the people that really care about me are going to understand that I can't do anything and I need to look ahead. I have to say, you know what, if I do this today, I have this coming up in a, in a week and that thing coming up in a week is more important to me. It's a higher priority. I can't do this, this thing this week because I can't take the chance. And, um, and it's a hard thing to accept with an invisible illness, 
but it's, it's part of the game. It's part of the rules. And I've learned if I, I've danced with a lot of devils in my life. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned is when you play by their rules, you can usually beat them at their own game. So um, I'm trying to beat this devil at its own game and still having really good social events. Cause if I do too much, I won't be doing anything. So I'm trying to play by the rules and I'm trying to win. Um, weather, weather here in Canada right now, I'm in Southern Ontario. So right now what we're dealing with is sometimes it's winter in the morning. It's, you know, spring by lunch, summer by three, four o'clock, and then it's fall by supper. And then it's winter again by, by bedtime. This fluctuation in the weather changes for me is very, very tiring on my body. And, and I usually have a lot of struggles this time of year you have, especially right now, this time of year, um, we all experience that feeling when it, the days are darker, we have less, um, daylight as well. Combine that, it dramatically affects my cortisol levels and my, my ability to cope with my adrenal insufficiency. So often I have a lot of lows, you know, usually in October that I attribute to um, the fluctuation in the weather. So some things I do in the weather that I've gotten smart with my Addison's disease is the more I can regulate my body temperature, the less stress I put on my body. So when it's cold out, I wear a winter hat, I wear my mitts, I get good boots. All those little things for me have really added up and make a big difference in my management of my illness. And the last thing is dental appointments. Dental appointments, um, I still struggle with. Um, my hygienist has explained it to me that when you disturb the gum line, it's actually very traumatizing for the body and the body responds, you know, the whole body responds to it. And there's because you've disturbed, disturbed your gums. So one thing that we do is I, I do always updose to go to the hygienist and it's often something that I forget. So I've actually had her put it in her notes. Every time I go in, she reminds me, have you taken your extra meds? And then we often break my appointments up into smaller appointments. Um, we only do like a half a cleaning to make sure that I'm okay. The last time we decided to try a full cleaning because I was okay with the half a cleaning and the result was not good. Um, the, the, the days after I had a lot of low cortisol symptoms. Um, I was in bed for, I think two or three days and just completely, completely exhausted. So, so those are just four little things that I find personally, um, are very, very fr frustrating with my adrenal insufficiency. And I look ahead, I see them coming and I plan as best as I can. So, so that is your adrenal insufficiency university. You're going to start with the basic information. You might start with no professors, um, no guidance, but you can find it. You can find your tribe over the years, build that base of a knowledge, become a colleague with your endocrinologist, learn your stuff, find your people. We are out there. We are here for you. Um, we are going to all come together as a community, you know, here in the pickle jar and all kinds of different places. Um, we're going to do this and we're going to make change for us because I believe it's absolutely possible. So thank you again for joining me here in the pickle jar please review, like, share, comment, all those great things. Subscribe to this podcast, get the word out here, out um, because we're going to do amazing things and we're going to make a difference. So until next time, please be well, my pickles.